Hey, you're listening to the Seven Hills Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about the church, including upcoming service times at a location near you, visit us online at sevenhillschurch.tv. We hope this message helps you win the day. John 16, 31, do you finally believe was the question Jesus asked. Do you finally believe? I think it's an important thing that we ask ourselves. You know, we, we fluctuate in our faith, we fluctuate in our belief. And every now and then you come to this place where you, you see God's faithfulness, his hand. You see God miraculously move. And, and I think there's these times where you say, do you finally believe? I think most of us in here sing songs like we just did, that we believe God is able. We believe God is more than able. But the issue is not, do we believe God is able? I've done this long enough that when I think about what God has done through this place, around the world now, there's so many times where we have to ask ourselves, do we believe that we are able? God is able. And we know that God has used other people in times past, other places in times past, to do astounding things. But do we believe that God is able to do the same thing right here, right now, through us? Do you finally believe? In the 1860s and 70s, one of the most famous people in America wasn't even American. He was a Frenchman whose name was Jean-Francois Quivelet. His stage name was the Great Blondin. What made Blondin great was he was an acrobat and a tightrope walker. He did something that had never been done before. He went to the Niagara Falls, that beautiful and dangerous place, and he put a two-inch rope across the Niagara Falls, and he successfully tightrope walked across the Niagara Falls. 25,000 people were gathered there and witnessed this happening. Over the course of years, Blondin would go back to the same place, and he would do other feats that would be a little bit more daring, a little bit more unique, a little bit more outrageous. One year, he would walk across the tightrope blindfolded. Another year, he would sit down in the middle of the the walk across the Niagara Falls, and he would make an omelet. Another year, he took one of those big old cameras that they had back then, and he would take pictures of the people on both sides of the falls. He just kept doing something more daring. Every single year he would do it, his fame would expand. The curiosity around what will he do next begin to grow. One particular crossing, he got to the other side, the crowd chanting his name, Blondin, Blondin, Blondin. He said to the crowd, I'm going to do something more daring than anything I've ever done before. And they begin to shout, Blondin, Blondin, Blondin. He hushed the crowd, he said, do you believe that I can do it? Do you believe that I can do it? And they would shout back at him, we believe, we believe. We believe. He once again asked the question, do you really believe that I can do it? And they would scream back at him, we believe, we believe, we believe. The great Blondin looking at the crowd said, I'm going to take someone across the falls on my back. Do you believe? And they screamed out again, we believe, we believe, we believe. And then he looked at that crowd and said, which one of you will be that person? (laughs) There was complete silence. Eventually, someone would step forward 
It was Blondin's manager. Blondin was moved very deeply. He took the manager on his back and he did cross the falls with this manager on his back safely. The question is, why didn't more people line up? Why didn't more people say, we'll go? They all screamed out, we believe, we believe, we believe. The obvious answer would be, they didn't believe that he could do it. But we know that they do believe that he could do it because they had showed up year after year after year watching him do something more daring, more unique, and more outrageous. It wasn't that they didn't trust him. It wasn't that they didn't believe in him. It was that they didn't believe in themselves. This teaches us a very fundamental lesson in life. It's so easy to believe God can use them. God can do it with them. God will come through for them. But I love the Bible verse that says, I can do all things through Christ. It's one thing to believe that he can do it. It's another thing to believe that he can do it through me. That he's not waiting on someone else, someone more special, someone more qualified, someone more capable. God's looking for people that will say, I believe I, I believe we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not do we believe he can do it, but we believe he can do it through us. And I believe the way that it happens is little by little. Exodus 23, verse 29 says, but I will not drive them out in a single year. So it's going to take some time for God to do it. He said the reason he doesn't do a quick work is because the beast of the field would be too numerous for you. One translation says they would overtake you. Verse 30 says, little by little, I will drive them out before you. In other words, God values consistency over intensity. God values just the faithfulness of his people over these one-time spectacular moments. God's looking for people that day in and day out will show up and do what he's called them to do. God directs our steps, not our leaps. Anything is possible if you break it up into phases. And what I'm simply challenging you to do is take the next five years, look forward with me, not get overwhelmed, but just say little by little. How do I see this happening? I want you to imagine real quick, we have a massive puzzle. Let's say it's a, I don't know, 5,000 piece puzzle. Let's say that this puzzle is gonna take us years to put together. I don't know, let's just even say a year. We're gonna work really hard on it, maybe every day we put some time into an hour here, hour there, and we're gonna put this puzzle together. And let's say we get to the end of the year, we're almost finished, we're almost to the end, and we get down to the last few pieces and it starts to hit us. We're missing one piece. We're missing one piece. 9,999 pieces together. All that work, all that labor, all that effort. We know what the picture is. We know what the vision is. We know what it's supposed to look like, but there's one piece missing. Now let me ask you a question. Would you take that's 999 pieces to that puzzle and hang it on your wall? Most of us would say no, why? Because there's a piece missing. And that tells us how important every piece is. When it comes to the picture that God's giving us, every single one of you matter. 
We don't look at it like there's some big person out there, some Ted Turner, some Bill Gates, some, we don't look at it that way. We look at it little by little, each and every person saying, God, we believe you can use us, that we're each a piece of whatever your plan is and whatever God wants to do, every single one of you matter, every single one of you are important. And I don't believe that the picture is complete without you. Again, the question is not, is God able? The question is, will you believe that you matter that much? Because God believes you matter that much. He actually says this about the body. He says that the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. He goes to the extreme of saying that the most important parts of the body are actually the unseen parts of the body, which we know this, right? You can live, let's, let, let's say that you would think that I'm the most important part of the church besides God. Let's say that you would think that. Can people think that? You wanna know how I know they think that? Because if they're in the hospital and I don't show up, they get mad. But yet, but yet, everybody wants me to say I'm not the most important part. So we have a tendency to elevate someone in my position. Why? Because I'm visible, right? But the Bible says the most important parts of the body are not the visible parts. This is the way God has designed it. Because he's so wise, right? Have you ever watched a preacher mess up and the body of Christ just keeps on moving? Isn't that amazing? Because the finger got cut off. That's what I am. I'm the preacher. I'm just the finger, right? A body can live with a little stubby finger, can it not? Come on. But you can't live without a heart. You can't live without a lung. And when it comes to the body of Christ, it's not the visible parts that matter. It's every single person. It's your prayers. It's your intercession. It's your faithfulness. It's you that God looks at. And when he wants to do something great, he does it through his body, not through a finger. He does it through the whole body. Every piece matters. Every joint and ligament, the Bible says, provides for the need. God can but we've got to say, I can too. I can too. Every person matters. I believe I matter. And he said, I'm just the finger. Do you believe you matter? You're the heart. Trust me, I know where I stand. You're the lungs. You're the, you're the thing that makes the body work. And I just want to say it's a privilege to be the little finger over here. Reminding you that you're the heartbeat of what we do. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And if you want to experience daily content, messages, and inspiration, go ahead and sign up for Daily Bread with PM by visiting sevenhillschurch.tv forward slash dbpm. Thanks for listening to the Seven Hills Church podcast.